0: Going on, welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and I'm so excited that you're here. This podcast was designed for you if you are a woman entrepreneur who is incredibly driven and you want to be the one fully in charge of what your business looks like and therefore what your life looks like. We build businesses by design. I am so excited because today you are listening to the Great Eight series. I have dug into the archives of the Biz Women Rock podcast episodes from the past couple of years and literally handpicked, okay, well, not literally, virtually, I guess, handpicked eight of the best conversations that I've had over these past couple of years. Now, I'm bringing these specific eight to you for a couple of reasons. Number one, perhaps they got the most downloads over all of these years. And or perhaps they were just conversations that I keep finding myself referring to, whether in conversation with clients of mine, with women who are asking questions within the Biz Women Rock Facebook group, or honestly, just me remembering things as I go through along my own business journey. And I'm like, oh, I remember on, the, on this episode, so-and-so said that, which is sort of a long way of saying that there are so many amazing nuggets of wisdom within all of these episodes. And lastly, And really a big, big reason why I wanted to share the grouping of these eight episodes together is because they really embody what my true beliefs about business have become. That you are the one who gets to decide what your business looks like and you have the freedom and the power to create what that is and that the business that you're building is all about the inside journey. It is so much about who you are deciding to become and who you are evolving into and tapping into that at every step along the way and that it's all okay, that your journey does not have to look like anyone else's. With that, I hope you enjoy each and every single one of these eight episodes. Whether you listen to them when they originally came out or this is your first time hearing them, I really encourage you to turn up the volume and listen. To the wisdom within. She helps high achieving women let go of perfectionism, control, and isolation and to choose courage and confidence instead. During this interview, we talk about her book, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit 14 Habits That Are Holding You Back from Happiness. And we talk about it in a couple of angles. Number one, we talk about like the business of the book, what she's doing to market it, how she's putting it out there, creative ways that she is getting it to the women who need to hear this message. And on the other end, she and I really get intensely into the conversation of this negative self-talk, all of these sabotaging things that we as women tend to do to ourselves to hold us back from the life that we really are meant to live. So sit back, hold on to your hats, and enjoy this conversation with the incredible Andrea Owen. Andrea, what's going on, girl? I'm so glad to be here, Katie. Hey, Ah, I'm so excited (laughs) that you're here. You and I were connected by fellow Biz Women Rock member, Anna Dutko, and she's amazing. I was just telling you. Shout out to Anna, yeah. uh, I was just telling you that I was just boxing with her yesterday and I heard it's a miracle right now that I can actually raise my arms to touch my computer. (laughs) (laughs) She's quite a badass, yeah. She's about us in everything, not just like her working out and everything, but she's just one of those people that shows up very passionately to life, which I just honor so much. I a thousand percent agree with that. Yes. yes. And so it's no wonder why she knows you and is working with you because that is somebody that you are as well. When she connected us, of course, I was doing my research and I'm like, okay, like, what's this lady all about? And what I gathered from you is that you are just ridiculously passionate about sharing this message of wanting women to really love themselves and use that as a foundation to do some really awesome stuff in this world. And you really attack that from the vantage point of some basic stuff inside. What I found was that you and I have a lot of commonality and our desire to really talk to and deal with sort of the psychology of what's going on in a woman's head and all sorts mm-hmm. of different stuff. So I want to give everyone a little bit of a background about you. Talk a little bit about your kick life and how it came about and a little bit of your background.
1: Well, I got it started. It's so funny. So in 2008, I started a blog and it was under the URL live your ideal life, which is so very cliche life coachy. It's like, I'm almost embarrassed to say it. (laughs) But then in 2010, I sat down with my best friend and we were kind of brainstorming and your kick-ass life was born just from a conversation about really what I want for women in general. And that was so many things. Like, I think to say like, yes, I want women to love themselves. Sometimes that can feel very soft and like, oh, that's sweet. You know, flowery. (laughs) It's it's not my personality, really. And I am someone who I'm a former roller derby player. I have an affinity for muscle cars. Like I am very much out there and I'm an Aries and just very fiery. And so the brand was born from my personality. But the message has stayed the same throughout the last 10 years. And that is at the end of the day, the message is what I want for women. I want to create a counterculture of women, really, who stand up for themselves and speak out about the things that they believe in and who are... really clear about what's important about the way they live their life. That's very general. And then also I want to, from a basic level, teach women coping skills. And that's what my latest book is about because we don't learn these things, you know, (laughs) (laughs) these like personal development, this growth mindset, we don't learn this in school. And so now it's up to us to figure it out.
0: So like, did you know this stuff right away when you first started your coaching business? Or is this stuff that came out as you started working with more and more women?
1: So you, are you talking specifically about the coping skills and yeah, stuff? Yeah,
0: yeah, like that and sort of like what women's journey really is and really identifying some of that stuff
1: that took some time. And it just was a lot of paying attention. So when I was first fresh out of coaching school, of course, they teach us these fundamental skills, which are really important. One of those being about your negative self-talk. I dove head first into that. I was like, this is something that all women struggle with. Yes, let's figure this out. And then through that, over the years, I started again, just really paying attention to what my clients and women in my group classes were coming up against over and over and over again. And myself as well, I am not exempt. I never pretend I am exempt or the expert or have it all figured out 100% of the time. These are behaviors that we all do. And what I wanted to do was really normalize it for one. Cause I don't ever want people to feel, I call it the ultimate ass kicker when women start shining the light and becoming really self-aware about the things that are holding them back. And then they feel worse about that. Like, Oh my God, I have so many issues. How am I ever going to get through this? Nobody else has it as bad as I do. And then they're taking even more steps back. So I want to normalize it and like also raise my hand that I struggle with these two and then talk about the tools to overcome them.
0: Girl, why do we have such negative self-talk? I really would love your opinion oh on this. God, After, I I know I'm, why. I'm serious because this is <laughs> such a huge thing, myself included. I mean, you and I are right on that same point where like so much of what I teach really stems from a lot of the stuff that I experience because I'm like, dude, if I'm feeling this, other women entrepreneurs have to feel this. So there is a lot of self-talk and I cannot even tell you over the course of just my entrepreneurial journey, how much stuff has come up and continues to come up. And while I feel like I've gotten better at, dealing with it and it's lessened a little bit, it's still there. Why do we have it? Why is it there? We
1: have it. I mean, the fundamental part of it is fear. And if I'm going to be even more specific about it, it is around shame. And I was certified in the work of Dr. Brene Brown in the summer of 2014. And for those people listening who don't know who she is, A, I'm surprised. <laughs> B, she's a researcher and author who's dedicated her professional life to studying shame and connection and authenticity and courage. The reason I say that is because I started to see over and over again that the women that I was helping with their negative self-talk, that was manifested because of shame it was their negative self-talk and I can talk more about that if you want, but to to really answer your question, it can come from for some people it's from their family of origin. So they were outright told things, negative things about them that created these negative core beliefs and thus creates the negative self-talk. It also can come from past relationships that they were in where this was said. It also comes from our culture our economy depends on women not feeling good about themselves, right? Like companies profit off of us feeling not okay. We are created, we are, I should say, we are raised to be fundamentally insecure as women. And so that's where a lot of it comes from too. And comparisons, that is just something that we do as humans. I don't think anyone can completely stop comparing themselves to other people. And that is also what makes us feel not good enough and have negative self-talk. But really the bottom line of it is that it comes from fear.
0: Uh, okay, so uh, you and I can get in a really deep conversation about that, but instead of <laughs> instead of staying <laughs> in the why, I like to live in solutions. So let's talk about some practical things in this space. Every single businesswoman I've ever met, myself included, has had moments when you're like. I don't think I could do that. Or, oh, that's too much. Or, oh, who am I to do this thing? Right. Or I don't know about that. So, and that comparison thing, that's a whole nother layer and a rather thick layer of like, oh, she's doing that. Oh, I can't offer this because she's doing it. Or she is doing this so much better. Right. Or God, that her brand is right on and mine sucks. Like, it's always like somebody else is doing better in comparison to me or somebody else is executing better. Someone's more successful. Somebody's more basically than we are. So let's get into some practical strategies, some practical tools that you use to help us get out of that stuff.
1: Well, comparisons, I mean, that's, I'm going to put that over to the side because, and it, yes, it's important, but yes. if, we're, if we're speaking practically about negative self-talk, I just want to say first and foremost, that it's something that we all have. And I hope that people can try to find some compassion within themselves and not feel like you're doing it wrong because you have it. So you can't fix what you don't know is going wrong. I don't like to use the word broken. I don't even really like to use the word fixed, but let me, you can't work on what you don't know isn't going right. So what I like to have people do first is break down the areas of your life. It might look like your relation, your intimate relationships, your parenting, your business, your female friendships, your body, etc. Your Your past and your future are also two areas of your life that I like women to look at. And I like you to list out, what your inner critic or what your negative self-talk actually says to you at any given day in those areas. You might not have negative self-talk in all areas of your life. This exercise is not an invitation for you to just make stuff up. (laughs) Typically you have like two or three areas where the inner critic is really digging in. And when it comes to women in business and entrepreneurship, you just named them, Katie. The, you know, I'm never going to be experienced enough. All, blah, 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 blah. And this can be a painful exercise, but you have to shed the light and really know what is going on so that you can be aware when it's happening. That's what I want the win to be. I want it to be that you hear it so quickly. You know what's happening so that you can choose different language. I don't really think it's a great idea for people to jump into positive self-talk. I think that we are so smart that our BS meters skyrocket and we're like, that's actually not true. Personally, what I use is when I find myself falling into that negative self-talk, I recognize it almost immediately. I mean, it used to be just my baseline and I would go all day just beating myself up. Now I hear it very, very quickly within minutes and tell myself something like, okay, well that just happened. (laughs) Or Uh that's interesting information. So I'm acknowledging that it's happening because it's actually not that healthy to tell your inner critic to screw off or I hate you or shut up. You've been fighting this part of yourself for decades. Like take the boxing gloves off. Let's try a different approach. And so it's just acknowledging this part of you that's scared shitless, like really, really scared, trying to keep you safe and just redirecting. That's one really big tool that I use personally with myself and with my clients.
0: I love that. And if you're listening to this and you're a spiritually minded person, a big spiritual concept that I got a long time ago and just continues to show up and work itself for me is like, we are the humans that give thoughts meaning, right? So if you can detach meaning from thoughts, and this is part of what meditation, the practice of meditation does, if you can detach meaning from those thoughts and refrain from allowing them to take root inside of your head and therefore inside of your being and allow that meaning to then create your emotions, your actions, all that sort of stuff. If you can instead recognize that thought and then just like you said, like, okay, great well, that just happened. And then you move that thought, you literally and visually like move that thought off to the side. So a, vi- a great visual that I always use is almost like I'm sitting and meditating next to a river and like the river that's moving, those thoughts that I have show up in that river and I just watch them go by. I just watch them go by, just watch them go by. And sometimes one of those thoughts comes up and wants to hang out with me and I'm like, nope, you're going to go back oh, in thanks. the river. See mm-hmm. you later. See you later. And it's like, a, it is a practice, don't get me wrong. It doesn't always happen, but it, it's a cognitive choice not to hold on to that thought.
1: I totally agree. I love that. And I think that it sort of comes with experimentation and practice about what works for you. I have so many tools for this. And I mean, there are creative tools and conceptual tools. And I always tell women like, you don't have to use all of them. Like I give you so many, it's like a buffet. Choose the one that is your favorite. And more importantly, like the one that works really well for you. I even tell people like, Hey, if being mean to your inner critic works for you, and that makes you feel good about yourself and learn to love yourself and trust yourself and all of these things that we're all after then use it. I have yet to see a woman that that actually works. (laughs) (laughs) But I think you need to do as much research as you need to do to see what actually is best for you.
0: Yeah. So, so true. And in talking about this specific journey of the female entrepreneur, there are so many instances, so many things and experiences that can happen that make us feel less than and make us feel like we're not quite where we want to be. And I specifically think that ambitious women, specifically women who are constantly on fire, women who are constantly wanting to move, constantly wanting to accomplish, do things, live big, like we're constantly coming up with stuff that like gets thrown in our face that knocks us down. so if we don't put the time and attention into, I'm not going to call it mastering, but learning this practice and strengthening this muscle of mindset and learning how to manage your thoughts and learning how to tell that inner critic to shut up or how whatever practice we want to do with that, then we've done ourselves a massive disservice because at the end of the day, we become our biggest enemies in our journeys. I I was on a podcast the other day and the host had asked me a question like, you know, Katie, you work with so many businesswomen. What is the number one struggle they deal with? And without hesitation, I was like, ourselves. It is ourselves. Like we are the biggest obstacle between where we are now and where we want to be. And I would imagine that you find that to be the same.
1: I do, especially women in business who are entrepreneurs, like your people. We tend to be highly ambitious and we take action quickly. We make a decision that we go after it. There's no like, there's typically no like hemming and hawing and sometimes there is, but not often. And what also leads to that is there's another chapter in my book is imposter complex. And I see this a Mm. lot with women and for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's basically that feeling of however you got to where you got to is because of good luck or because of somebody else's contribution or because of a mistake or a glitch in the system somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And also that feeling of, like, say you walk into a room where you're doing a speaking event or something like that, and you feel like you don't belong there. Like, when is everybody going to figure out, I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And you don't even have to be an entrepreneur. I mean, you can be in, I I work with a lot of corporate women Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing. They have all these accolades and credentials and degrees and experience, and they still feel like they are the dumbest person in the room, or that one of these days, somebody is going to be like, oh, the gig is up. We've just been fooling you this whole time. You don't belong here. That's another kind of avenue of how the inner critic can get the best of us.
0: So what do you recommend to these women? Because my immediate like gut response is like, there's something that has to happen called like owning your shit. I own it. Like I am awesome, right? Like really shining the light and accentuating more of what we know to be true about ourselves versus letting those thoughts deteriorate our sense of self-worth.
1: The first two things that popped into my head when you said that were there's, I have a conceptual tool and a little bit more of a deeper one. I'll start with a deeper one. I think it's really important to get to know what your core beliefs are. So the conversation that we just had about the inner critic—these are the negative thoughts that we have about ourselves—and it's kind of the chicken or egg, like which came first: your negative core beliefs about yourself, or do your negative thoughts create your negative core beliefs? You know, ask any expert on this, and they'll—you'll get different answers. Right, right, right. It doesn't really matter. The point is, is that everybody listening to this has core beliefs about themselves. Some of them are positive. A lot of them are negative. So in terms of relationships, like I also get a lot of women who struggle in their romantic partnerships. I had one particular client I'm thinking of and she had a core belief and and it rolled out of her mouth, just like she was just saying her name. She said, I'm bad at picking men. Mm. So if you truly believe that about yourself, then guess what's going to (laughs) happen? You're going to make that true. More than likely, you are going to find evidence that that is true. So in terms of this work, it is about... It's so important to get to know what your negative core beliefs are so that you can challenge them so that you can be aware of them and try on something else and that, you know, I wish I could wrap that all up in like five minutes, but that's, that's a <laughs> bigger work that I think is really helpful with a therapist. The other thing about this work is I encourage women, and this is so uncomfortable for so many women to lean into and accept their accomplishments. Yes.
0: Girl, oh. I want to like give you a giant hug right now. OMG. I just love, like, I can't tell you how many times I am talking to women either in person or on the phone or whatever it is. You know, like I find out that they've done something and it hasn't, I didn't know that until like three months into our relationship with each other. I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> and let me guess. And then she's like, oh, wasn't a big of a deal. Yes, like, oh, you know? <laughs> yes totally. <laughs> I do that too.
1: I have to consciously stop myself. So for instance, with this particular book, we kept the foreign rights. And what that actually means is that my literary agent can make deals, make publishing deals with publishing houses that are outside of the United States. With my first book deal, that was not the case. So the publishing house kept it and then they do all that. So it's obviously better to have a deal where you keep the foreign rights and then can sell them. So we're on our fifth deal now. So we have Korea, China, Australia, Greece. And I just got an email yesterday that we secured Lithuania. Wow. And a girl. with the last few emails I've gotten from him. I got the email and I just reply back and say, that's great, yay. And then I delete the email and then I'm on to the next thing on my to-do list. <laughs> so I have to stop myself, Katie, and say, Holy shit, Lithuania. Like, yeah. Yeah. And think like, this is amazing. This is a dream come true. True. But there's a part of myself that says, and here's where my inner critic comes in and says, Oh my God, nobody wants to hear about that on social media. Like don't make people uncomfortable. And for me, it's a core belief. I have a core belief that I've been working on for, I don't know, the last decade that if I shine too bright, I will make other people uncomfortable.
0: Ah! Uh, thank you for saying that out loud. I think that that's, that's a very, <laughs> very common one. It is very. common. It is. And it's like, even just like talking about it, I'm like wringing
1: my hands over here and I'm like, Oh, so it's still a work in progress. And I think every time I get pushed out into these new accomplishments and these new levels, there's a saying out there in personal development, I cannot take credit for it. of new level, new devil. And this is so true. Every time we up level, not just our professional life, but our personal life as well, the inner critic comes back in and is like, Ooh, who do you think you are? And it's a bitch really like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but again, like I see it coming. It's like a train that I did <laughs> not even know was coming until it knocked me over. Now I know. Now I know that it's on its way. I can like feel the train tracks vibrating and I'm like, oh, this is coming. And I see you over there and I am going to go toe to toe with you because I am not that girl anymore who is scared of making people uncomfortable and shining too bright and making a ruckus, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Oh, I love that. I have a similar one called, If I shine too bright, I'm not going to be relatable. People will think I'm a snob. And I have a huge value, core value of being relatable. And I, I thrive on connection, like deep connection. So like if I'm too big, that means that I'm not relatable and I'm a snob and people will be too detached from me.
1: Mine is similar, but the language I use is, If I shine too bright or have too much success... I will leave people behind.
0: Oh, yeah. and My the, family, friends, et cetera. Yes, and, but the funny thing is, is that the reason why this is such important work to do and to be aware of and to be cognizant of and to constantly evolve through is because this is why this stuff shows up in your results, right? Mm-hmm. So as it relates to business, if you're hitting a ceiling in your finances, if you're hitting a ceiling in the amount of clients you have, if you're hitting a ceiling in your marketing or your energy or your time even, this is where it all originates. This Mm -hmm. really is. So when you start doing work, like do strategy work, absolutely go for it. But a really good coach or a really good strategist is going to help you dissect down into this core thing that's happening because this is where the work really begins. And when you start making transformations here and you start showing up differently here, that's when results start showing up differently.
1: I think that's so important. I think there's some coaches out there and I love it when, when like strategists, I hired a consultant and she straight up and down told me like, I don't do mindset. We just do strategy. And I think that's good to know, but I think a really great coach and you have to specifically go out and look for it. will do both strategy and be able to sniff out mm-hmm. your core beliefs because sometimes we don't even know them. I know. And hopefully after listening to this, people will be more aware of their own, but it really even just begs the question of like, what do you really believe to be true about your ability in your business or. What do you really believe to be true about yourself? And I think sometimes we get embarrassed to be honest about that because we have this online persona and, you know, like people think that we're so confident and successful. But at the end of the day, the majority of us, yes, we have some confidence and we're able to make these commitments and make these decisions, but we still, and get really great results and make great money. But still, we, like you said, we hit these limits. And it's because of this energetic core belief that is keeping us down.
0: Yes. Ah. I just am like a pile of goosebumps right now. I want to talk specifically about your book, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, 14 Habits That Are Holding You Back From True Happiness. So this is core in line with so much of what we're talking about, but I'm cued in on the fact that you use the word habits. And it doesn't surprise me based on this conversation because it's all about training, training our brain, training our mind, training how we're showing up. Talk to me a little bit about maybe just one type of habit that you're addressing in here and how that shows up in our level of happiness.
1: I can only pick one. That's like choosing. I between
0: know. I know. Well, okay. Well, we talked about, Should, one, we talked yep. about a
1: couple already. We talked about inner critic and imposter complex. We also talked about comparison. Those are three of the habits. Another one that I think your audience might relate to is overachieving. Uh, <laughs> mm, yeah. Downside of overachieving, <laughs> I wrote. And then also isolation and hiding out. I think a lot of women tend when, when struggle happens, they tend to not reach out to people that matter the most to them. They try to muscle through or they tell themselves, nobody wants to hear about my problem. I'm too embarrassed or ashamed to talk about my problem. Perfectionism, people pleasing and approval seeking. Yeah. I, uh, I could go on or 14. Oh but my yeah, gosh. they're habits. they are these things that we have learned how to do from being very young. And I also want to say, there's a saying in the rooms of recovery that says it works until it doesn't. And these things work for a while. Some people say, Hey, my inner critic has, has motivated me or overachieving. I mean, for personally, overachieving got me to graduate college with honors. And again, these things work. And until we get to a day where we're like, why do I feel like shit? Because really what happens is these habits and behaviors are not in alignment with our values. And that's the last chapter I write about. And and a huge solution in all of this is knowing what your values are, knowing what's really important about the way that you live your life and how you show up in all areas of your life and honoring that and perfectionism and inner critic and self-sabotage. Like, no, those aren't your values. Those are just habits and coping mechanisms that you've learned.
0: Yes. And you can unlearn. You can or you can develop new ways to deal with all of that stuff.
1: And really again, what I want the win to be. This isn't a book where I'm handing over like, here are the fourteen ways you're doing life wrong. Fix it. This is like, here are the fourteen ways we're all doing life. Let's be really aware quickly when we fall into these. You know, I'm saying we because I raise my hand too. I struggle. Probably the biggest one for me right now is control. And it that never feels good. No, yeah. <laughs> Like let's know quickly when we're in that habit and behavior so that we can choose something else that feels better and that actually brings us more success. Oh,
0: I love that. So personal question for you in the writing of this book and most especially in the launching of this book, what has come up for you? What have you learned about your own upper limits or your own sort of blocks that you have encountered? Because this is a whole different phase of business that you're going into with this book out with the second book book that you have out now, like it, it now produces just a new phase of your business. So what stuff has come up for you in this process?
1: Well, it's interesting. A couple of things happened. So the first, my first book that I wrote came out in December of 2013. And of course I didn't, you know, it was like having your first baby. Like I didn't know what to expect. And it kind of, you know, shoved me out into the spotlight for a period of time and I was kind of unprepared for it. And it scared the crap out of me. I did one book event. I went back to my hometown of San Diego where I knew, you know, a good amount of people would show up and I would know 98% of those people. So it felt safe. (laughs) And I played small, I totally played small. So with this one, I, again, like I saw that train come in and for me, it was a big step to do multiple cities because my core belief is it is equally as scary to have no one show up at these events and everyone show up at these events. There's no in between. And that's what I have to work on. You know, if 10 people show up to my event in Portland, in Portland, Oregon, that's going to be amazing. So that, that, is my own work and yeah the attention is very uncomfortable for me again I, I'm working on the core belief of shining too bright etc also what came up to me sort of indirectly related, is my dad died about halfway through writing the book in 2016. Oh, wow. He got sick and died. We got noticed that he was sick at the end of September and he died on October 16th. And I had flown back to San Diego to be with him when he died. And it was excruciating. I had never lost anyone before in my life. I write a chapter about numbing out and actually how to feel your feelings. And that was a hard lesson in honoring my own grief and figuring out how I was going to go back and cope with life and at the same time feel my feelings feelings. So those were some two hard lessons. Yeah. Holy (laughs) cow.
0: has really not been, to say it's a labor of love is to be putting it lightly. Yeah. No kidding. What is your ultimate hope for every woman who picks up this book or every person? It's not just women specific. I mean, like any person who picks up this book, what do you most want them to get out of it? And what, what action or result do you want them to experience on the other end? I first and
1: foremost want them to know that they're not alone. That is my goal at the end of the day, fundamentally with any of the work that I do over within your kick ass life of knowing that you are not the only one who feels this way and participates in these behaviors. Again, I don't want people to think that they're doing it wrong. I think that that can happen in self help. Oh, it just, it, it just like breaks my heart that people can sometimes end up feeling worse. So that first and foremost and also. I want them to know again, like quickly when they are participating in the behavior of self sabotage or control, so they can get out in front of it quickly to choose different behaviors and really know what their values are and really know how important it is to reach out for help to the right people, et cetera.
0: I love that. Well, I cannot recommend you going out and getting this book enough. I'm going to have the link for it directly in the show notes. So make sure you go visit there and go check out Andrea. She she just has awesome stuff. And in this moment, you know, this episode is going to be released a while later after we've had this conversation. But in this moment, recently you put up a really awesome like video trailer for your book, which is pretty cool. So just that concept and how you're marketing that I think is really good to go look at and see what you're doing. So if you're thinking about writing a book, if you have one that is ready, go watch what Andrea is doing. She's doing a couple of really awesome things just to get the word out there that you can see on her social media. And I will have links to all of that. So Andrea, thank you so much for being on and having this awesome conversation and sharing your wisdom with us.
1: Thank you so much. I also have, if anybody's interested, a free book study that starts on January 22nd because I don't want people to just read the book and consume the information. Love so that. Want, yeah, it's anybody that buys the book, is that's their ticket in the door. It's going to be four weeks long. I'm guiding people through and everyone's welcome. I'd be happy awesome. to have them.
0: Awesome. I will go again. I'll go ahead and put the link for the book in the show notes. And then um, you can go ahead and join that when you buy the book. So, Andrew, thanks so much, lady. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I never take it for granted that you, a very busy and high-performing woman entrepreneur listens to the Biz Women Rock podcast. If you got any value out of today's show, if there were any aha moments that you had, I would so appreciate you turning around and sharing it with another woman entrepreneur who needs that aha as well. From me and the entire Biz Women Rock team, we'll see you on the next episode.